end of the first half, Eli and I were like, yeah, okay, Tottenham's like making a run. Like they're going for the top. Like they, like they have all the components. They're a, <laughs> they're a deep squad. Like uh, like they've got to make a run for it. And then this happens. And just like, all right, well, nothing's predictable. I have no idea what's going to happen. I always hold back on sending out quick texts because they always bites me in the ass. Like today I would have texted Eli about Tottenham competing for the top. And uh, the other day, when I happily sent a text about Liverpool scoring in the last two minutes of the game, <laughs> look what happened. <laughs> so that you're saying the text itself is bad luck. The events have happened, but then through the act of the text, you're changing the narrative of history. I am. Um, yeah, I get too excited. And then everything I want to happen or think is going to happen gets taken away from me. <laughs> it's why I'm not a betting man. What, is, what a somber note to start this pod on. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, talking life, playing games, playing mind games. You know we got a little something for you. This episode is brought to you by Chuck's Costume Collection Company. It's a mouthful. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Footy Fellas Pod. A subscribe on YouTube. Thank you. Would be preferred. Yep. That's all the social handles we have to plug, and that's about it for today. For now. For now, we'll plug them again at the end. Don't yep. you worry. Yeah. <laughs> how we doing? How we doing, guys? I see how uh, how are things treating you in Minnesota. Well, things are fantastic today. It is my lovely fiance's birthday, Woo! so that, that's fun. Been doing a lot of activities this weekend to to make it a memorable one. The last legally single birthday um, that she'll be having as we get married on Friday. So uh, very exciting. Things are great uh, soccer wise. Uh, t- Topsy-turvy, that's going to be the phrase of today for me. Uh, Liverpool yesterday, as all you fofs know, got a heartbreaking VAR call against them and took away three points. Well, took away two points from them. They, they escaped with one point, the tie with Everton. Uh, heartbreaking. And then today, FPL is looking good. San has finally come through for me as a captain, so I'm happy about that. So Virgil having the ACL that doesn't that doesn't phase you whatsoever. <laughs> oh God! Actually, thank you for mentioning that. Um, can you please fill me in? I actually haven't heard too much about his status. Uh, so you know, we talked uh, we talked with the medical staff here at Footy Fellows and d- determined that it looks like Virgil has indeed ruptured his ACL uh, and will be undergoing surgery that will be ending his twenty twenty one season. Um, so Liverpool has been dealt a big blow to the team. That is horrible. Also, yeah, so this happened in the fifth minute for all you Fofs who didn't watch the game. Um, so, you know, pretty good. I think a good result without Virgil there. There's stalwart in the back coming out 2-2 against Everton. So the, the foul looked egregious. Surprised there was no PK and Pickford got no card. It was a terrible, uh, it was just out of control. And I feel like as a referee, if you see an out of control play, you got to really tamper that down. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? He, so wait, sorry. Did he so ruptured it like it, it straight up is severed, torn? 
It looked bad. I'm, I'm looking at our ACL. Um, ACL uh, expert, expert, our medical right expert. Yeah. Yep. Having done my ACL myself. I never heard the word ruptured when I got my ACL diagnosis. I just heard torn. Mm-hmm. And so I would assume ruptured is a significance level above that. Mm-hmm. I think it's worse. It depends. There's obviously other ligaments right around there, like the MCL. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, oh man, putting my memory and my medical knowledge on the spot. There's definitely another ligament in the knee that you can tear in conjunction with the ACL, which would obviously result in a longer recovery. It's not as stable moving forward just because it's more pieces for your body to heal. And you either have to have like multiple surgeries or you're, you're working back to health from two different things. So best case, actually, if he ruptured the ACL would just be that it's the ACL is completely gone, but the other pieces of the, the knee are okay. But I'm not sure if that's entirely possible with it when the word ruptured comes into play. And the ruptured, I'm citing strictly from seeing like headlines once upon a time. Um, <laughs> so maybe someone just was misusing it. But I think it, we might need Evan Pankin on here to confirm what the you might have to call is. him back. Yes, agreed. It does take, I know, at least from my personal experience, I do know that and I can speak to that. It does take a, a couple of days before you can get an official diagnosis because it gets so swollen when it ruptures or whatever the word, torn, injured, anything you want to use. Whenever that happens and the actual injury happens, your your knee basically fills with blood because it was a socket that was holding together things and Ooh. it just tore. And so the blood from that kind of it pools and fills your knee. And so it gets super swollen and it's just going to have a massive knee. And for that reason, they can't really do an effective x-ray. I'm sure the Liverpool team doctors have the highest quality of x-ray around. I'm not doubting their x-rays. But in my personal experience, I had to wait, I think, three to four days to get an official x-ray. They told me it's possible, but we're not sure. They even gave me some optimism, which was kind of cruel thinking back, saying at the hospital when they were just moving it around, when you go right after injuring it and saying like, oh, it could be this. We're not sure. Could be ACL. Could just be a really bad sprain. And it gets more and more swollen over the course of three or four days. And it's just like a balloon. You go in to get the x-ray and they potentially deliver the news that you tore your ACL mm. or ruptured it. Mm. Oh. So... Tough, tough news for you, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, one thing, sorry, Jones, we'll get to your update on how you're doing over the weekend in just a second. <laughs> uh, just quickly, <laughs> the now I think we can finally get to what you've been saying over and over again on the podcast that Liverpool aren't, in your words, not mine, not a, a fantastic team. If they were to lose one of their key players, it would really disrupt their team. And this, you can't lose a, a more... A consequential player than Van Dyke on Liverpool. So we'll see, you know, how they bounce back and how they perform over these next many weeks. It looks like he'll be out several months. So terrifying. Uh, and yeah, Tiago as well got, a, got, I mean, that followed by Richarlison was ridiculous. Instant red card for Richarlison. And they actually, I'm looking here, they scanned Tiago's knees as well because he had a little knock on his knee. It's like, what's going on? Crazy. I hate to see it. It was such a chippy Merseyside with, derby. With like one minute at, at, before the game ended. It, it was really pathetic. Um, yeah, really bad. For the record, I see. I said the same thing after Max and I were talking about Van Dyke's injury that I do think he's probably the most impactful player, individual player for a team's success out of any of the top six, eight clubs. Yep. Yep. Hard to, hard to imagine a, a more um, significant component of a team. That said... Um, you know, obviously no one is ever rooting for a player like that to, 
um, actually have to miss games because everybody loses in that in that instance. Um, how am I doing? Great question, guys. I'm doing quite well. Um, uh, you know, I think times we're up. Times up. For oh, this part. no, that's fine. That's fine. I'm actually, I'm, you know, don't even worry about it. I'm good. Uh, what do you want to move into? What do, you, what do you guys want to talk about? Just kidding. Go for it. Um, uh, FPL. All right. Things are okay. Things are okay there. Um, I want you to go back to your people overreacting piece that you mentioned in the intro. For sure. And that we were talking about when is a fair time to react and when does it go from reacting to overreacting? Hmm. I think that's a really hard line to draw in the, in the soccer world and specifically. The, fair, fair. Oh, okay, world. we're not talking like drama between social groups or anything. No. Okay, okay. Reacting right. to news, scores, highlights. Um, so I, I think I think the intent of sport is to give us an escape and is there to allow us to have some instant gratification So uh, and, and for you to dream a little bit. So I would argue that um, it, there is no line in the sand. You should never be limited in reacting or overreacting. If, if your team is habitually you know, mid-table and always suffers to Liverpool, uh, say you're Everton, for example, being top of the table right now, um, you should think, you know what? Yeah, we're going to win the league this year. We're going to be the top of the table. We're going to the Champions League. We are going, we're playing in Europe next year. Um, have those dreams. There's nothing wrong with that. However, uh, it's also comical from a real standpoint when you're looking at a team like United, where it literally does feel like it's always on fire. And then we come back and have this win over um, Newcastle four to one. And your first feeling as a fan right after that is like, oh, okay, everything's fine. Maguire scored, Wamba Saka scores, you know, Fernandez Rashford score. We didn't even have Greenwood or Martial, no Cavani. Like it was like a weird lineup and we won. So you know what? Everything's fine. But it's not. And you know it's not, but that's that's what it is. You know, sports give you a thing to be hopeful about. Uh, it can also make you severely depressed sometimes. But end of the day, whether you're overreacting or properly reacting, who who cares? You know, have fun, enjoy it. As long as you enjoy, it, as long as it doesn't kill you, which sometimes it does for me. So <laughs> maybe not. But that's why. Yeah, that's my bears. I stay away from the bears. The bears. That's personal. That's really. That's where it's like I can't care. That's about the that. line for you. It's just a sport thing. Right. Right. If we're talking American football, then it's a different story. I see. Any any thoughts? Do you think the how do I want to phrase this? Do you think a person's innate reaction, overreaction levels are dictated and sewn into them based on their fandom? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know. I mean, I am one to just overreact all the time for on stuff um but yeah especially if i have some skin in the game some uh some love love for the team yeah i think you're quicker to jump on on anything bad negative or positive that happens and and, and kind of blow it out of proportion um maybe that's just i know some people are a lot better than than myself at that uh but yeah i definitely i definitely do think that depending on your it's proportional to your to your love of the team and uh, stake in the team. Because it seems like people's react, overreact, reactor scales, if you will, on a scale of zero to 10, they fluctuate so much more wildly for that hardcore set of fan bases versus a team that, of course, you have a couple of hardcore fans, but, you know, Man City. The the teams um, that people make fun of for, Mm. like, business people being their main fan group. Mm -hmm. That's fair. 
there's a there's an interesting equation we're kind of putting together here, isn't there? There's the the overreaction is proportional to yeah. What's the formula? Give to, us the inputs, right? The, uh, so yeah, first, yeah. first variables, first variable. I'm mean, I mean, Icy's the really he's the math guy. We should let him draw this up. But I'm gonna I'm gonna vocalize it. You guys tell me if this is in the right direction. It, it is it is proportional. So so what we're solving for here is 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 variability of of reaction. Vor 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 right. Fair. This is great. And it's directly proportional to the, um, the, the, the fervor, the, the, the passion of the fan group plus or times the size of the fan group. Does that feel like a fair outlay? Am I missing? Does it all need to be over like pie or like you guys let me know. (laughs) Like how much they enjoy pie. Well, naturally. Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, so, all so square root do we want I'm, i wonder if we want the uh i'm also going to throw in expectations for the team um that's huge in the sense of if i think about leads you know they're a new team in the league i don't think their expectations are super high they just want to you know not get relegated mm-hmm. but they're doing really well and so that's huge i don't think you're hearing a lot from their dedicated fan base like we're going to win the league it's a little bit of overreaction but they're saying oh yeah we can definitely not get relegated great um, yeah, how do you factor in expectations? Where yeah, is that? Or, and history, like okay. historical yep. success, right? Right. Which are intermingled, but maybe it's more of a multiplicative yeah, I would, I would relationship actually, than a, like a derivative type deal. It definitely feels like the right. size and the passion is its own like sub bracket. That's its own like that's the that's one metric, and then whether it's times or what uh, you guys figure out the other side. But I think it feels like there's two separate components of this. If we're talking right hand side of this formula. It feels like or equation. It feels like there's two separate brackets, and the and one bracket is history slash expectations, other is size and magnitude of passion. Yeah, yeah. We can add something. I see. Uh, no. As I was thinking about it more, it it uh, didn't make mathematical sense <laughs> <laughs> because the rest of this does. So let's just recount really quick <laughs> what we have. So we have vor. Everyone throw in your right. inputs and let's just work out the math really quick to make sure this is like we can send Checking this into out. the journal. Right. Yeah. Right. The journal of math and soccer science mm-hmm. that we've just created. That we just created. So vor equals max, the first variable. First variable uh, is so it's it's the uh, the the passion. It's how 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 passionate the the uh, so it's we're, we're gonna call it pass. Okay. It's a capital P lower A lower S. Okay. Pass plus or minus what I see. Plus expectations, the 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 higher the expectations, the higher the the vor. So higher the expectation, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And then I think we divide it by the size, history, I, yeah, oh, size okay. or history to yeah. to. Well, size and passion are they're next to each other. I feel like size and passion, it's passion times so like that 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 is that it's that creates a zone. Again, we need a whiteboard. Maybe. <laughs> We need mapping this out. I've got we got we've got some windows here and got some sharpies. We can start. We can Facebook this. Okay, keep going, keep going though. No, that makes sense. What you're saying, passion. So vor equals passion. T- this is why we need to talk it right, out before right, we send right, it right. into the journal. Because right. my fingers on send. Okay, I just don't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> no, no, I get that totally. I personally it. don't want to look like an idiot. So it's it's vor is equal to uh, pass passion of the fan base times the size of the fan base. Yeah. Okay. That gives you the magnitude overall of that kind of feeling. And that's in parentheses. That's on one side. Plus expectations that Icy said, right? Yep. Yep. 
plus the expectations, maybe on a a scale or some sort of other math term. Yeah, yeah, I think a, a scale out. from. It's interesting. So what are we? So vor is going to be a number between zero and one, or. Great question. Yeah, that okay. Yep, I'm seeing it now. It's a number between zero and one. So it can't be negative. There's no negative vor. One, no, no. One would be the react like it's just crazy. Always going to be hundred percent overreaction to everything, and then zero would be nothing influences the reaction. There's just no probably so just no kind of, reaction. We're working with like a bell curve around 0.5 then. Yeah, like I think we're looking at a quadratic reaction. Oh, yeah. whoa, wait, quadratic. All right, I just got to delete this page and rip off a new one. One sec. <laughs> this is great, okay, guys. Keep new it up. page. All right, wait, talk me through the quadratic. <laughs> I think everyone's on the edge of their seat right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking it's uh, so you got the first variable, we got passion plus size times x squared, and then we've got plus expectations times x. And then our, our C variable, our constant, um, we want is like a 0.2. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> and then you wanted to, Eli, actually take the, the first bit, the x squared variable, and divide that by history. Yeah, just to give it some sort of linear quadraticity <laughs> in terms of kind of like the, you know, y equals mx plus b, like the formulas everyone knows. I just want to make it look a little more like that. So the journal feels more comfortable getting back to us. Perfect. Got well done. Pat on the oh, back. Well, maybe, maybe we should throw, I'm just looking at it and visually it makes sense. I like your logic is sound, but I think we need to throw huge parentheses just on either side of the whole equation. I don't want to put a wrench in this. Are we worried about asymptotes? <laughs> You're such an asymptote guy, man. You're always worried about asymptotes. Hey, some some guys are asymptotes guys, and some are <laughs> quadratic formula guys. You know what, what are you gonna get? But we're all soccer guys. End of the day, and gals, of course. In Z's. we're soccer peoples. We're soccer peoples. We're soccer foffs. Soccer humans. Soccer foffs. And that's why we're gonna give you a little bit of soccer news on what's going on in the world of soccer. Hell yeah, Tony, hit the beat. Um. So last week today. Uh, hey, do you guys wear, uh, you hear guys, you guys hear this whole thing's gonna be done as like a, a bit now, I guess doesn't have to be, but I've just done it now. Do you guys, uh, do you guys hear about this international break that took place the uh, past couple weeks? Whoa, it's been a long one, huh? A lot of big games, a couple big headlines for you guys, just to keep top of mind. Uh, France, all right. They had a couple games. They played Portugal in a zero, zero tie. It was actually pretty compelling zero, zero, if you will. Um, and then they also had a rematch of the World Cup final in 2018 against Croatia, where uh, they won two to one. Um, Pogba also, as an aside, made a note that he would be interested in going to Real Madrid. And that upset a lot of United fans, especially this guy. Uh, England had a couple games as well, uh, where they put together a solid two to one win over Belgium uh, and then crumbled one zero against Denmark. Harry Maguire keeping up his horrible run of form getting a red card early on in that game. Uh, there was also a clash of titans. Uh, you guys already know what I'm talking about. Luxembourg versus Montenegro. Uh, Luxembourg beat them 2-1. to one. Soundly, I think we were all, you know, privy to that one. Um, uh, the WSL, Women's Super League, is uh, still churning away, and Americans Tobin Heath and Christian Press got on the score sheet in the 4-2 win over West Ham. Sam Mewis continues to boss out for Man City, helping pull back one in their uh, game with Reading. 
but Arsenal remains dominant and top of the table with five wins out of five. Everton, uh, as we keep on noting, is in second and having just a hell of a year uh, for those Merseyside clubs in both men's and women's soccer in the UK. La Liga, quick heads up, Villarreal's top of the table. Both Real and Barca lost this weekend, fun fact. And Real sits in second and Barca in ninth. They are struggle bussing. Um, Obviously, games in hand, all that good stuff. Syria is uh, also an interesting uh, table format at the moment. AC Milan is top uh, after taking down a Inter side in the Milan Derby, two to one. Zlatan showing that age is just a number as he netted both goals. Um, and quick gut check. Uh, you guys probably are aware, probably not. Uh, Sassuolo is in second place in Syria. Uh, and then uh, and then they're followed by Atalanta, Napoli, and then Juventus and Inter are in fifth and sixth place, respectively. That's your roundup. Reporter Jones, over now. Roger that. Roger, roger that. Thank you for that, Jones. We're going to get more into some of those storylines and discuss what's top of mind for us after we thank our sponsor, because our sponsors make this possible and... Today's sponsor especially makes this possible around this time of year. So we'll be right back. Stick with us. Come on down to Chuck's Costume Collection Company. We've got every costume you could imagine. Koozies, croquet mallets, Chippendales, coffee beans, coconuts, cashews, clutter, and more. Want something a little different? Try candy corn, a cornhole board, cotton candy, canines, a chipped tooth. No, these aren't threats or Chuck's daily dietary consumption. These are top-notch Halloween costumes. Impress your friends and family today. So as a quick side note, this is not part of the ad. Chuck did send us each our own costume for the holidays. Eli, you get to be a chocolate-covered convent calendar. Jones, you get to be a colorfully cosmetic china set. Of course. And I get to be a clown. Thanks, thanks, Chuck. For your Wait, what's your what's your what's your costume? I'm confused. Oh, it's myself. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Bazinga! You've been got got got. One question for Chuck, if you if you know this, when you corresponded with Chuck yeah. in a casual way, do they sell anything that doesn't start with a C? Um, <laughs> let me double check the inventory on his website. Yeah, just go to the index, go to the table, the index, and just flip through. Table of contents? No. Oh, my God. Wait, does it even say table of, or does it say, just say contents it says, on the site? It says cable of contents. Cable of contents. <laughs> yeah, weird. Um, nope, just everything starts with a C. Yep. There's, a, well, there's, I'm sure there's a surprising amount of costumes for those restrictions. There's a surprising amount. Surprising. I mean, I think I'm going to get my... My uh, my cousin, the cashew. That'd be funny. A little cashew costume. <laughs> and we were cool. All of us or just you were cool with him paying us in individual, maybe five, ten dollar costumes and not the usual 20 to 30 grand we received. Oh, no. He or, actually, or, uh, he, he gave those as extra. He gave us $200,000 for that ad. Oh, my God. Holy yeah. shnikes. Chuck's not, Chuck's not playing around. He, he's really rolling in the dough. <laughs> that actually makes a lot more sense why you've been dressed up like a clown now for two weeks. Yeah, I'll God's however want me to for that amount. <laughs> well, check out Chuck's the Churious. Uh, I lost yeah, my seats. No, no, your name. Anyways, check out Chuck's uh, for all your costume and collectible needs around 
Christmas, Halloween. Christmas just started with a C. Let's get into our main topic. We're going to jump around a bit, try and stay with us, go between some hot stories, hot topics in the world of soccer, and just pick our brains and see how we're feeling, how we're thinking. We'll start off in the EPL because it's what we've been watching this morning. It's what top of mind. We did talk about Liverpool already. We'll spend 30 seconds only because it always comes up on VAR. Icy, do you hate VAR that much more now or same as before? I do hate it a little bit more. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. I thought the reason for VAR was to give really tight, questionable plays, uh, just bring some accuracy to these plays and not... and. VAR is now seemingly being used for bad instead of good. Uh, the play was so was was so close that I mean I, I encourage all you fofs to take a look at the image. It it very much looks like uh, Sadio Mane is in line with the defenders. I think they came to the conclusion that his shoulder was slightly ahead or behind, however you want to look at it. The last defender, uh, quite absurd to be honest i actually think liverpool's challenging the call which i don't know what that means (laughs) i'm not sure if they could get a win out of that or not but um it's pretty absurd there's no there's no way uh, someone can convince me that sadio mane had an advantage because his shoulder was slightly i don't know it's just absurd yeah i very much am, am upset with var and not to mention pickford who has obliterated virgil van dyke's knee in the fifth minute, got no card. There was no penalty. It was an absurd tackle. You know, things are just absurd in this moment. Topsy-turvy, as you mentioned. Topsy-turvy, very, very much so. Here's a thought for you guys. Do you think that, that if anything, nothing has actually changed when it comes to general consternation, all right, it, regardless of where it's at? Say there's a, a level of just how upset people get about games, okay? Um, that that figure, and we can create another formula if you guys want here, that has not changed. Um, it's just been redirected. Okay. Pre-VAR, we would always be upset. Like, he was clearly offside. How did the ref not call that? You know, we need something to like, you know, verify and make that a thing. And now, now we're in a space where everything gets called and we're just misplay. We're just now placing our anger at the tool that is supposed to be helping us. But nonetheless, like that game in particular whether there was VAR or not, would still have gotten the same amount of uproar and hoopla. Just putting that, putting that out in the world. I will also say it is. I, I don't get the the logic behind um, Pickford not getting the getting a card at least um, for that tackle, um, because it's it's not like the play was just called dead or something. Like it happened. He still went through him, whether Van Dyke was offside or not. I don't know. Is that just how it is? Like if someone's offside, you can run up and punch them and it like it just, it's like it's a free play in football is really right. what it is it's free tackle you can do whatever you want because they're off that's interesting this league man this league Woo. speaking of this league let's move from liverpool to chelsea another supposed top four contender at the beginning of the year or top four shoo-in uh but my question to you jones is does chelsea have the best young attack in the world even in the face of all of their defensive struggles so far. Totally. We were having that conversation yesterday about, you know, how would you rank this this front three, um, not only in the Premier League, but, but, but in world football. And, and Chelsea, as just their magnitude, their size of the club that they are, they should just always have a front three, more or less, that can be arguably in the top 20. Um, and I would say right now, right now, uh, with that front three, I think ideally of Werner, um, Werner, Zayek, Zayek, and 
Pulisic. Um, at the moment, I would say it's a very good front three. It feels like a maybe, you know, I'm trying to rack my brain on the other ones. You'd probably argue definitely top 10. Um, but what's really more exciting about this team is your 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 nuanced uh, declare uh, declare uh, signifier. Um, uh, no, what what's the term? Um, descriptor. There we go. That they are young, and so it's a team that or it's a front three that's exciting now and will be even more exciting and potent. Um, I imagine in like a year or two. You know, um, if anything, you would probably posit. I would posit Chelsea could have um, a top two front three in the next three years in three years time they will have what is conceivably the best front three if not second best in europe so big weight to your decision making there or input is the age of the players that yeah am i, am yes. I correct okay yes absolutely um verner 25 pulisic 22 and Zayek 26 i believe is a uh I was top of the dome. If you want to fact check him, please do. <laughs> please challenge me. Please challenge me. I'm as a United fan. I take a lot of pride in the youth that we have in our front three. So I'm always comparing who's got the other young, young guns up there. And, you know, your second question, of course, Eli was, well, where's United falling there? Which, which is, you know, we're, we're climbing, but Rashford 22, Martial 24 and Greenwood 19, you know, we're coming, we're coming. I think best case scenario for Chelsea it's not just those three players, but the youngsters that everyone loved last year and all of a sudden have been forgotten, push those guys and either become better, as in Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, and Hudson Adoy. And Adoy, thank you. Best case scenario, they all grow. It is tough, though. That's where you start to suffocate some young talent once you bring in even bigger names at the moment, and then people get fewer opportunities. So we'll see how they develop, but they certainly have plenty of weapons at their disposal. And we also can't ignore Havertz. He's part of that that whole equation too. You know, he's of not a, he's not a front three, but yeah. I know our fans are listening and be like, "What about Havertz?" <laughs> that's how they all sound. And so we're just yes, acknowledged exists, great player. You know, thanks for asking Eli about uh, Liverpool top three. You know, they also um, <laughs> top, top, top of the dome. You know, Sadio Mane's twenty two. I think um, I think Mo Salah's twenty one. His you know, have you. You guys heard Mo Salah, his nickname is like the oldest looking young person, young footballer. So he's, <laughs> he's 15. Is he, is, he, is he 19? Mo might be 19. And then uh, Firmino, I think is 17. So really young front three. I'm super excited for them to be around for the next decade. Yeah. Uh, it'll, be, right. it'll be good. It'll be good. Especially with Jota, they just brought in. I'm pretty sure he's like nine. Oh my God. So hopefully they sign him to like a 20 year deal. And if Klopp, look, if Klopp graduates from middle school, I think he could be around for a long time, guys. I don't know if that was a chirp at Klopp, but uh, I did like the joke. Like if that was a chirp, Jones, I'm flying to Chicago immediately. All right. Bring a mask if you do. I just, that's all I ask. (laughs) Moving on to Tottenham. Last quick Premier League story before we jump around the world a little bit. Tottenham's game today. The third goal by West Ham to tie it up 3-3 was incredible. So pause the recording, pause the podcast, and think of us while you watch it, but go watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of this because it was pretty incredible and pretty incredible comeback from West Ham. So kudos to them. But the Tottenham collapse feels more interesting at the moment to talk about because of our pitch this past week when we pitched Arsenal, Everton, Tottenham. Mm. Who has the best finish? I pitched Tottenham. Watching that game, I was feeling good. I was feeling super good. Halftime, 60 minutes in, 65 minutes in. They brought on Bale. I got excited. He's my wild card for them this year. 
Sun, Kane on my fantasy team. I was feeling really good. The fantasy stuff didn't change because they, they locked and loaded their points. So happy about that. But Tottenham as a team, it's hard to tell what the missing piece is right now because not everything is 100%. Yes, you can have some missteps. Yes, you're not going to play perfect every game. But giving up three goals in a span of 20-something minutes to West Ham to draw 3-3, it's just not a title-winning team. You just can't have any of those games in a season of 38 games when you're going up against a league with such parity this year and so many strong teams. So I, I am a bit worried for Tottenham at the moment, even though they've looked so good at times. I will say, fortunately, hashtag this league is uh, wild. You have you have um, you know Liverpool losing you know seven to two. You have you have. Um, powerhouse united losing six to one um more 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 importantly though um you know everton seems like a team that potentially could be caught you know but at the same time they haven't given up a huge loss so so maybe i'm, I'm speaking against myself but end of the day what i was going to say is it seems like everyone's losing everyone's tying everyone's you know all over the map so it really could just be up for grabs and the the winning team which would be cool uh, of the Premier League could conceivably have like the lowest point total um, ever. That would be a really cool um, end of the end of the year, but probably not. We'll see. But yeah, Tottenham, huh? That's Tottenham, a huh? All right, let's jump around a little bit to the rest of the world of soccer, so we can give that some love. You mentioned AC Milan earlier, Jones, in your your weekly roundup, killing it in Serie A. Ibrahimovic, remember remember that name? Does that mean anything to you guys? No, who's that? I see. Can you give me a more preferable answer? He's that seven foot tall Swedish man. There goes that Swedish man, ma. He's got four goals this year for them, and he's not a youngin'. I got to look up his age because I don't have the genius memory you guys both do. 38. 39. Fudge. 39. He's 39 years old, which is kind of old. And he's crushing it for AC Milan. He scored two goals against Inter in their derby this past weekend to, to give them the 2-1 win. Pretty incredible. That's wild. He's a dinosaur. L- living dinosaur. He'd be a T-Rex, probably. T-Rex that can hit sick bicycle kicks against England. I'd watch that. Jurassic uh, bike. Could just be know. Jurassic World, and it's just international football. Dur- oh, there's some pun in here. I'm going to think on it. You guys keep talking. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> We'll come, but you'll think of it later. You can tweet it out. Yeah. I see. I have one I want to throw your way. Our good friend of the pod, Andrew Tenari, lost in penalties uh, with New Mexico United in the USL quarterfinals and was feeling kind of bad, but I'm curious if you have any penalty stories, either viewing or playing, that have stuck with you and, and you always think about when you think about the the difficulty and the just the emotions of going into a penalty shootout, especially in a big situation? Yeah, it's a fun question. Um, the The most memorable penalty shootout experience that I can recall is I believe the 2006 World Cup. Watching with my brother, it's England versus Portugal, goes to PKs, and, oh, I'm going to butcher this. I'm pretty sure... This was kind of when Ronaldo was was kind of getting on the world stage and uh, people were starting to get obsessed with him. Oh, man. I want to say Ronaldo hit the winner against England. I hope that's right. 
I think Portugal did win that, but regardless. Can't can confirm. Can't confirm. You nailed it. Oh, I did. Okay, cool. Memory serves you correct. Cool. Yeah, uh, it was just really, really memorable. That was the first, actually, World Cup. My brother and I were super invested in and watched a bunch of the games. So it was a blast. It was a blast to have it come down to the wire, super nerve-wracking penalties, and uh, this young, rising talent just shut down England. So it was fun. Jones, penalty experiences? Um, I, I would say uh, they are easily the most stressful thing in um, in the soccer world, especially if it, you know it's one thing to have your own you're you're stepping up to take just a pk in the middle of the game but shootouts are you know i mean that's a that's where you're really testing your team's collective nerve um um you know personally my own record in competitive play prior to graduating from college i had a horrible pk record so personally it was always just not a not a good time um missed a lot i'd say post post college world now whenever pks come up very very happy to step up and take them. You got, you got it. Look, my recommendation to any PKs, any shootouts, all right. Uh, if you're listening to us, um, England or any other professional national team, you got to want it. All right. You got to want it. And if you want it, you can have it. That's how it goes. Don't be wishy-washy. If you're wishy-washy, you're giving up. You need to want it. You need to want that PK. You need to want that goal. You want to put that ball on its home in the back of the net, the onion, the old onion bag. Just you and the ball. No one else. There's no fans. There's no cameras. There's no lights. Just you, a ball. You just put that ball home. You just send that ball home. Put that ball in the back of the net. You let that ball know who's who's boss. I think we clip that and send that around. Yeah. A couple different national That's teams. Good. See if any players want to download it onto their iPad mini, mm-hmm. their iPod mini, mm. their iPod Nano. Shuffle maybe. Could be. I think that could be also used in Headspace. You guys Ooh. use Headspace there? A little meditation? Just you and the ball. Headspace sounds like an app that would be about talking trash because of people how because of how people speak about Headspace. Like, oh, I'm in your head. I got free real estate. Like all the other mm. terms people use about Headspace. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it'd be an app you go on and trash talk other sports fans. Like a yik yak of the soccer world. Honestly, we're talking about Twitter. We're really just talking about Twitter right yeah, here. Yeah, I guess it's Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be very specific to sports. Like you'd have to, when you sign in and make an account, pick your teams. And then you just get flamed by other other people. It's for people that want to get ripped and don't have anyone in their personal life to do so. Yeah, you actually don't get any. You can't write anything. You can't write anything about your team. It can't be positive. You always have to. You can only go to other people's teams. (laughs) And, you know, of course, you know, when we make this uh, app, app, smartphone app, we're going to have to have a team, a dedicated team of no bullying, no bullying allowed. Just rip on the team. All right. No need to bring in the appearance of, of the user, the account user, who cares about that? Just rip on the team and tell them how much that their fandom is worthless. All users could just have like an anonymous, they could be, it's anonymous user 377JX, yeah, whatever, and right? They just have an avatar as their picture. And, exactly. And then that'd be also a funny world where it's like, people like, oh, that's that's anonymous user, you know, 77. He's hilarious. Like, oh, you're talking about, wait, have you heard of anonymous user 38300? Like he is, whoa. I think it's a she though. I can't, I don't know. I have no idea. All I can think about is how, how many problems this app would cause. <laughs> like there's so many negatives that would come along with this. Yeah, think about the positives. Another topic, switching gears and tone a bit. The international break that happened where Jones outlined some of those big scorelines, 
what was happening off the field and very related to what was happening off on the field was a lot of players contracted COVID, which is obviously still a huge issue and impacting all of our lives, both in the US and all around the world. And there's a real question around whether the break should have happened. We posted a, a post on, on Instagram about uh, Grant, something that Grant Wall, uh, writer, posted on Twitter saying, you know, FIFA has talked about the health and safety of players being the priority. Why have this international break? Why send players all around the world for two weeks with no, basically no restrictions and just kind of a free-for-all? And what happened? Players, including Ronaldo, including uh, Roy Diaz and a couple of other national teams had like mini outbreaks or one player getting it. And it's, it's a health issue, not just for the player, but people they might be spending time with the rest of their team. Definitely a storyline to watch out for as the pandemic unfortunately continues. And, and hopefully everyone listening is in good health and those around you are in good health, but something that soccer will continue to face as the year goes on. Last segment, everyone's favorite game, over, under. We're going to go quick because it's a topic we want to devour and will get us in the fall mood. We're talking cakes and pies. Ooh. So I'm going to hit you quick. I'm going to give you like 10 seconds. Okay. We're going to go, you know, you, you see that you visualize the pie, you visualize the cake, and it's like, would I devour this? Or am I like, okay, I'll have a slice. If it's have a slice, say that, okay. you know? So Icy, we'll start with you. First, over or underrated pumpkin pie. Oh, so underrated. Pumpkin pie is a fantastic pie. No chunks, no fruit chunks, nothing. It's just smooth. Goes great with whipped cream. It's a top tier pie. Jones, over or underrated pecan pie? Uh, pecan pie is overrated. Um, if you're not, if you're not guy or girl, like awesome. But I think uh, my my hunch is the majority of the population is uh, prefers their pies sans nuts. I would agree, and I think people are going to be pissed. I see over or underrated apple pie. Apple pie is extremely overrated. Uh, the chunks of soft, mushy apple, not not what you want to eat. Uh, the cinnamon is quite nice, though. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, you don't want soft, mushy apples. You want a nice, crisp apple, a good old honey crisp. So, overrated. Well, now I'm pissed because I was with Jones on the pecan pie. It's not a shot at UIC, but apple pie is probably my favorite pie. Ooh, getting hot. So, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that later, maybe, maybe off screen. <laughs> Jones, over or underrated cherry pie? Um, cherry pie is underrated. To hear me out. In Wisconsin, they have great cherries that we get preserves from and use them and make them in cherry pies, cherry strudels, all that good, good stuff. If you get fresh, good cherries in there, it is a delight. Cherry pies also has that very American um, Americana feel to it. So it just gives us an imbued sense of uh, patriotism whenever I bite into it. Thank you. The one cake going up for auction today. I'm going to throw it to both of you because I think it's such a, it's an interesting one. I'm curious if you have different opinions or not, but I see, I'll, I'll come to you first. Is chocolate seven layer cake over or underrated? Overrated. Uh, I think it's too much chocolate. It's a bit too sweet. And uh, the only person I know who really loves it is my brother and he's got a huge sweet tooth and he's uh, just generally kind of a moron. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> overrated for me. Jones? Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, rated. Um, it's what you think. It's a lot. Um, and if you're ever surprised by it, that's on you because it's, it is what it is. Delicious. And that's why we're as successful as we are. 
because we have a range of views on important topics like chocolate, seven layer cake. I would have said underrated. And so we really hit the hit the whole spectrum there. So so good work on that one, lads. That's us. That's us. That's it for us this week. Thanks again for listening. If you made it this far, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We do have a couple of really exciting interviews coming up for real. So stick around and check out the podcast in the upcoming weeks because we're going to make it worth your time. Nice. I'm excited. I don't know what we're talking about. Sure, I'm good. <laughs> if you have no idea, then we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, ton of exciting stuff. I'm, I'm pumped. You guys should be too. All right. We'll see you next week. See you guys. See you next week. FPL can really make or break your your mood as you head into the pod, you know, <laughs> and, and like it feels like every day we can always do a quick pulse check about like, so how, how are you feeling today? Like, oh, yeah, no, getting married, you know, really, really stoked about that, but otherwise feeling like shit because, you know, <laughs> Liverpool got a goal taken away, or, you know, whatever.